Power Zone Sports Podcast is brought to you by Titan Home Lending, Print and Marketing Solutions, and Star Alvarado, our Bay Area Realtor. Enjoy the podcast. Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... To be the man, you gotta beat the man. The two one. Swan Lane drive left field. One run is in. Here comes Green. Here's the run of the play. He is going to win. This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. All right, welcome in Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm your host Jason down in Tampa. Hope you had a, had a great week. Got a good weekend upcoming for you and everybody else in the audience. This is going to be a quick podcast this week. We're going to just I'm going to give you some thoughts on uh, just some potpourri thoughts on a few topics, uh, news and notes that I saw in the sports arena in the last week or so. Uh, we are going to have a, uh, a I'm going to have I'm going to put out a NFL draft uh, episode on Monday of next week, which would be the 24th. So the NFL draft is next, starting next Thursday night. I'm going to have my the NFL draft podcast is going to be out on Monday. We're going to have um, have some good analysis on the draft. We're going to have some you know the talking points that you're going to hear about quarterback situations, some uh, players of note to keep an eye on, maybe that you don't know a whole lot about that could be impacts in this draft and uh, and such. I'm working on a couple of really good guests for you. Um, so we will have that uh, podcast ready for you on Monday, April 24th, leading into the NFL Draft, which is going to be held in Kansas City next weekend. Remember, the Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Uh, you know, they made the trade up with the with the Bears to get the number one overall pick. You got Houston Texans number two, Arizona number three, Indianapolis number four. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the quarterbacks. You got Young, you got Stroud, you got Levis, you got Richardson. Uh, be interesting to see what 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 ends up happening with those guys. Who makes a move? Does anybody make a move? Do any of the quarterbacks drop and such? But uh, we'll get to all that next week on our in our NFL draft podcast. But this week, I just want like I said, just want to we're just gonna make this pretty short and to the point. Just going to give you a couple of uh, headlines as we get th- work through the week. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball. My Rays are still on fire. Uh, leading the league in best overall record, I think them and the Braves are one and two in the in the major leagues in record. Uh, the the Rays are on a historic run of hitting home runs. I think they've hit home runs in nineteen their first nineteen games. I think the major league record is twenty, so approaching another major league record. Remember they started the year thirteen and zero, tied the eighty seven Brewers and the Braves for the best start to start a season. Uh, but is without not without a little bit of carnage. They lost one of their best pitchers, Jason Springs, to a uh, Tommy John surgery. Uh, Glass now still out until probably the end of May. Uh, so you do have to keep an eye on the pitching for the Rays. Uh, can they can the pitching sustain? They've already had six shutouts this year, which is hard to believe. 
uh, through what 19, 20, 19 games. So it's incredible to think that uh, already through 19 games, we already had six shutouts. So uh, I, I'm a big fan of the rule changes. Pace of play has been great. More stolen bases, less shifting, all that good stuff. Pitch clock violations. I am down on the, uh, the you know, you had the pitch clock violation. Did you, if you saw yesterday uh, on Wednesday, Max Scherzer got ejected for some substances on his hand. Very dubious whether he really had anything illegal on his hand. Uh, you know, he was checked a couple of times, then he came back out in the fourth inning and they checked him again. Uh, I just have a hard time believing Scherzer's stupid enough to have done anything. Uh, he claims he was just using some sweat uh, liquid as well as the rosin that's allowed legally, which is what caused the stickiness on his hand. Umpires didn't agree. Scherzer got ejected. We'll see. Uh, the, the ejection could lead to a 10-game suspension if MLB upholds that. So we'll see how that unfolds with that suspension and that uh, uh, pitch pitching situation. I, I tend to believe Max Scherzer, he doesn't come off to me as being a guy looking to, looking to cheat uh, or, or take advantage of the rules and all that stuff. Uh, made it very clear that he used everything that was perfectly legal by MLB standards. So we'll see how that uh, ends up working out there. The other thing I was a little down on, uh, Cody Bellinger, the ex-Dodger, played in LA over the weekend for the Cubs. The umpires freaking ring him up for a strike on a violation, on a time clock violation as the Dodger fans are giving him a standing ovation. Remember, Bellinger played for the Dodgers for six or seven years. Pretty good player for them. Uh, to me, that's that's where the umpires have to have a little bit of awareness uh, and, and, and you know, not issue the strike, automatic strike to uh, uh, to Bellinger. And I would say the same thing for a pitcher. If a pitcher was coming back to his former ballpark and they're giving him a standing ovation, don't freaking ring the guy up for a strike or a ball on something like that. That's just a uh, gesture by the crowd. That's just stupid. And a little bit, of, little bit of lack of awareness by the umpires probably should have been discussed in the pregame. Hey, this might happen, and if it does, we're not going to call it a strike. We're not going to call it a ball or a strike. But uh, bad on the umpires for how they handled that uh, in Major League Baseball. So uh, you, again, you got uh, Otani. You got judges off to a good start. So. Looking forward to a good uh, summer of baseball all throughout the major leagues. It sounds like Oakland is on the verge of uh, buying some property in Las Vegas to finally get out of that dumpster fire in Oakland. Apparently, there was there there are reports that there were animals in the walls of the of the broadcasting booth in the stadium last week. The Mets announcers had some major issues with uh, possums and such in the walls, making all kind of noise, basically preventing them from broadcasting the game from the. Uh, visitors broadcast booth they had to move so total disaster in oakland get out of oakland please mlb get out of oakland asap sounds like las vegas uh maybe salt lake city maybe portland maybe nashville could be the place but i, I think they'll end up in las vegas uh they they did like i said a report just came out thursday morning that they bought a piece of property they're buying a piece of property in las vegas to where they'll put a stadium so Look for the Oakland A's to be in Las Vegas here in the next couple of years. The other uh, the other uh, point of contention is the Rays Stadium in Tampa. Where will the Rays go? Will they stay in the Tampa Bay, Tampa St. Pete area? Or will they potentially be on? Sounds like they're going to figure out a way to get something done here in the Tampa Bay area. Hopefully here in Tampa, uh, where the stadium probably needs to be from a population uh, center perspective and an ease of travel perspective. 
Um, you know, obviously I live here, so uh, I don't go to as many games as I should. Uh, not because I don't like baseball, but just because it's it's a little bit of a chore to get in the car, rush hour traffic, drive over to St. Pete. Again, is it, is it the worst drive in the world? No, but it is, you know, from my house to the stadium, probably 35, 40 minutes, at least in traffic. Whereas if you put the stadium somewhere in Tampa, centrally located, there's there's a couple of options they've talked about. You know, most people in Tampa can get to Tampa, the stadium in Tampa. Here's the problem. You lose the people that are on the southern part of the county and potentially the northern part of the counties uh, from coming to these games in St. Petersburg. People that live in the, in the Riverview, Brandon area, that's just a long drive to get to St. Pete for a game. People that live in Lakeland, you know, even Ocala, places like that, they're not going to drive all the way through Tampa and then have to go to St. Pete for a game most of the time, in my opinion, especially especially a weekday game um, type, or a Friday night game. Just That's just a long, long drive as opposed to the stadiums in Tampa, much less of a drive, much more convenient. But uh, I do think the Rays will probably figure out a way to get something done with the stadium. I've seen multiple uh, you know, thoughts and projections of where they could put a stadium potentially but we'll see what happens with the tampa bay rays and a new stadium all right nba let's get to the nba obviously the drama this week is surrounding draymond green should he be have been suspended for game three should he have not i absolutely disgraceful decision by the nba to suspend him for game three for what he did um he was 100 percent provoked he was not the instigator. Sabonis absolutely was the instigator. Um, the referee did a poor job in this situation. If you watched game one, Sabonis did the exact same thing with, with uh, Raymond Green uh, in game one. They got tangled up. Sabonis pulled him back to the ground as Draymond was trying to get up. Uh, in game two, you saw Sabonis grab his leg as Sabonis was on the ground, which prompted uh, Draymond to... And again, he didn't stomp him. Uh, that was an Academy Award-winning performance by Vlade Divac-esque performance by Sabonis. Yes, did 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 Draymond, you know, put his foot on his chest and give him a little tap tap? Yes. Did he stomp him? No. He could have put a lot more had he wanted to. He could have put a lot more force into that. Uh, had he wanted to do that, and for Sabonis to writhe in pain and lay around looking like. He had been uh, ambushed by four hyenas in uh, in the in the Serengeti. Please, he laid on the floor for eight or nine minutes, you know, and all of a sudden he's fully healthy, ready to go again, making the uh, game winning, the, the clinching final dunk in the game. So please, I don't want to hear Sabonis. He's a he's a gamesman. Uh, the the officials did a poor job in that. They should have easily seen that Sabonis grabbed his leg initially. They did not. Um, they went to replay and gave him a technical foul. whoop de doo I don't have any problem throwing Draymond Green out of the game for what he did, but no way should he have been suspended for Game Three for his uh, his act of what he did to Sabonis. There, he was absolutely not the instigator, um, and bad bad move by Joe Dumars, Adam Silver, in the NBA front uh, league office for what they did there. If anything, if you're going to suspend. Uh, Draymond Green, Sabonis should have been suspended too for for just uh, unlawful play. That's 
two bad play, two two very shady plays in two straight games that he did. I didn't like that one bit. It's kind of like in the NFL when a guy wraps a, tackles a guy and he twists his ankle. You see a lot of uh, gyrations from the offensive player when the guy's getting tackled. If a, if a defender grabs his ankle and kind of turns it, uh, that was a cheap shot there by uh, Sabonis pulling him down. and didn't like it one bit. And uh, But no Draymond Green for Game 3. First time ever in the Steph Curry era that he's been down 0-2 in a series. So we'll see how that goes. Game 3, I do like Golden State to win Game 3 and Game 4. I think this is... Um, I think Golden State's going to somehow still figure out a, a way to win the win the series. Uh, I do. I think Golden State's going to win the series in six games. Good team, Golden. I mean, Sacramento's a really good team. I really like De'Aaron Fox. He's been an ascending player for a couple of years now. They got a good team. They got a, a good good core of players. Young young guys, athletic team. They play as a team. There's not a whole lot of me me me. It doesn't seem like Sabonis is a good player when he plays and he gets rid of all the antics. But I like Golden State to, to even this series up over the weekend, 2-2 going back to Sacramento there. So the other series, not a whole lot of stuff going on. Memphis and L.A. is going to be a good series. Uh, Phoenix and the Clippers is going to be a good series. Both of those are 1-1 going back for Game 3. Uh, you know, Milwaukee, Miami, depending on the status of Giannis, will determine kind of how long that series goes. But I think Milwaukee will figure out a way to get through. Brooklyn ain't going to beat Philadelphia. Uh, the Knicks and Cleveland will be a good. Will also be a good series. So the NBA's got a little juice in the first round. They got three or four. They probably have five good series in the first round. That that very well could go six or seven games, which would be good for the league and good for some TV. But uh, the big story again is Draymond. No business being suspended. As that was a very 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 poor poor call there by the league office. And I know he's got a little history, but he did not do anything in this particular case to warn a suspension for one game. So, um, all right, I'm going to give you a note about the Cavender twins. You're saying, who the hell are the Cavender twins? Haley and Hannah Cavender. If you remember when NIL became a thing a couple of years ago, they were these uh, female basketball players that played out in the Mountain West, I believe at San Diego State. They uh, they became kind of the uh, first uh, big NIL on the women's side, especially, um, recipients of, of NIL deals. They're twins. They're uh, basketball players, guards. They both transferred to the University of Miami following the uh, the start of NIL. I think they, they've been at Miami two years. And both have made the decision. Both had another year of eligibility. They could have played another year. Miami's women's team went to the final eight and lost in the women's tournament. And both have decided not to pursue a fifth year at Miami, their extra year of eligibility to play. Instead, they are both, and by the way, they both kind of made the decision together. Kind of the um, the decision was made. They were either both going to play or they both were not going to play. And now they both are heading to the WWE. So you're going to see the Cavender twins, who are not too shabby on the eyes, head to the WWE here. So you'll probably see them in the ring here in the next six months or so, I would imagine, uh, in some kind of character form. So again, the Cavender twins heading from the University of Miami from the basketball court to the WWE rings. I thought that was an interesting story that came out in the last week or so because they were, again, they were one of the original NIL beneficiaries, especially on the women's side of things from college athletics. So look them up, the Cavender twins. 
NFL, couple NFL notes. DeMar Hamlin fully cleared to play again in the National Football League. Most of the offseason programs for the teams start started in the last week or so. DeMar Hamlin, Buffalo Bills. Remember, we all remember the scene in Cincinnati. He has been fully cleared to play. He's made all indications he's going to continue to play. So good for DeMar Hamlin. Scary situation. Freak, situ- freak injury situation that happened with his cardiac arrest. But good for him coming back. So you're going to... Hopefully, we'll see DeMar Hamlin on a football field in the fall. Um, and the other big news of the week is contractually is Jalen Hurts. Five years, $255 million extension with the Eagles, $175 million uh, signing, uh, guaranteed money. So good good for Jalen Hurts. Good for Jalen Hurts for not trying to squeeze every single dime out of the, out of the Eagles. You could remember he's only had one really good year, and I know it was a great year, but he's only had one really terrific year to warrant that kind of money. So a little bit of a risk by the Eagles, giving him that much guaranteed money. Good for Jalen Hurts and compromising and coming to the table and, and, and making a deal that's fair for both teams. I think nobody would complain. That's not an unfair deal. Nowhere near the 231 that Lamar Jackson and, and wants to get near Deshaun Watson. Again, that contract was an outlier. The other big, the other most guaranteed money, I think, is 189 for Kyler Murray. Most people thought that was too much. So 179 for Jalen Hurts is, is, is an excellent number. The key thing here is how does this affect Lamar Jackson and what does he do? Remember, the Ravens just signed OBJ about a, earlier last week. Um, so how will that signing affect Lamar Jackson? How will the Hurts contract affect Lamar Jackson? Um, again, I don't think he, he is not getting a fully guaranteed five-year contract for $230 million. That ain't happening. One thing that I do think you might see following the draft, I could see a team following the draft make a run at Lamar Jackson. The reason I say that is, is if they if they make a run and sign him and the Ravens don't match it, it's going to cost them two number one picks. We say, why after the draft? Well, the two number one picks won't be for the next two years, which would be 2024 and 2025. So if you're a team like Tennessee, if you're a team like Atlanta, that you think you're on the rise, if you sign Lamar Jackson after the draft, the next two number one picks might not be until the mid-first mid round. Might be a 15th or 20th pick in the draft the next two years because you think Lamar Jackson's going to elevate you. To a, maybe a, a playoff team, and if he, if you're a playoff team, you're drafting somewhere in the 18 to 22 range, probably. That's not as stinging as a top five draft pick this year. If you'd signed Lamar Jackson prior to the draft, it would have cost you this year's first round team. A team like Indianapolis, I could see the Colts potentially making a run at Lamar Jackson after the draft because if if they're they're a team that's close to winning, big big quarterback. Could put them in the playoffs, meaning they could be drafting 23rd, 24th, 25th the next couple of years. That is not a much of a stinger of a draft draft capital lost as opposed to a top five draft pick this year. So would not shock me if Lamar Jackson gets an offer by somebody who doesn't draft a quarterback following the draft to put the Ravens in a situation to either match it or not match it. But uh, we'll see how that goes. But again, that 179 is a very good barometer about about where Lamar Jackson ought to be from a uh, – sure, could you pay him 190? Would anybody complain if you paid him 190? Probably not. But we'll be, be very interested to see what Lamar Jackson's contractual negotiation stance is now that Hurts has gotten a deal because Burrow's probably going to get a deal at some point this offseason. Herbert's probably going to get a deal at some point this offseason. 
So it'll be very interesting to see where uh, kind of Lamar Jackson in, in Lamar Jackson is not better than Herbert and not better than Joe Burrow. So um, he's right in that neighborhood with, with Jalen Hurt. So it'd be interesting to see what ends up happening here with Lamar Jackson. So, all right, hockey playoffs are going on uh, again. Just getting going here. Most of the series are into game two and game three. Great thing about hockey is you'll see it every every night. It'll be you'll see games every night of the week on ESPN, TNT, uh, NHL Network. So you for the next month you'll see hockey games every single night, which would be great for if you're a hockey fan. Again, hockey playoffs are great. The suddenness, overtime, all that good stuff. A lot of road teams win. So uh, the big surprise was not that the Lightning won, but how they manhandled the Maple Leafs in Game One. You have. Uh, Several road teams have won games early in the in the playoffs as well. So there'll be a lot of road wins and a lot of overtime. So there's your updates. Enjoy the podcast. Appreciate you finding us. Remember, we'll have my our NFL draft preview podcast will be coming out on Monday of next week. Look, I'm looking forward to having a couple of really good guests to give you some real good breakdowns on the draft. Um, if we get the one guest that I'm trying to get, you will be an awesome breakdown of the NFL draft for you. Um, this guy, the guy that I'm trying to get is a draft analyst. It's all he does is do the draft, cover the draft. He knows these prospects. He'll give you a lot of great insight on strategy, you know, what teams are potential teams are thinking, uh, notes on players and all that kind of good stuff. So uh, working on trying to get uh, that done for you. But again, draft preview will be out on Monday one way or the other for you. Next draft next weekend, Kansas City, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, will be a major TV spectacle, of course. And my Bucks drafting 19. Be interesting to see what they do at 19 as well. So, all right, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you next time. Remember, find us on Twitter at JPO Sports. Uh, appreciate you finding us. Thanks to our sponsors. Print and, marketing, uh, print and Marketing Solutions, Todd Tedesco, our realtor, Star Alvarado. Reach out to Star at 813-538-9572 if you're in the Bay Area looking to sell or buy a home. And again, if you need uh, print and marketing solutions, corporate stuff, tents, brochures, envelopes, banners, all that kind of great stuff, a car wrap, reach out to my guy, Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887. Tell them the Powers on Sports podcast sent you. All right, we'll see you next time. Powers on Sports podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues, and we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.